Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Uh, we'll talk to Chris Carter in a few minutes. Actually, not in Pittsburgh. He's in uh, West Virginia for the Pitt-West Virginia game. Well, I got money on that game. Do you? I do. What you I got on it? Pitt. Half of a unit. Half of the unit. Panthers. They're uh, out to three and a half right now. I took the money line. Hey, speaking of the Panthers, the Panthers hockey team just scored. We got some hockey on in the studio tonight. Well, yeah, Scott's here. You know, yeah. we like Scott, so we figured, hey, here's some hockey for you. But no, dude, the Pitt Panthers this season, five and two, but playing pretty good basketball. Twenty seventh mm-hmm. in points per game, thirty second in field goal percentage, um, playing pretty good defensively as well. I do like them, but uh, we'll see if I'm on the right side here in a second. They are out to three and a half right now, so taking some money are the Pitt Panthers. Let me down in football. Hopefully they don't hear in college hoops tonight. <laughs> I also really want to bet. I love this Marquette team, but uh-huh. eight and a half in the Shaka Bowl. I'm so I was going to say, don't you like a revenge game occasionally? I'm, I'm tempted to grab the Longhorns with the points. Also was going to go under on Tyler Kolick assists at six and a half, but they juiced at minus 150. So I stayed away. I just want to watch this as a uh, fan. So go Marquette. Sometimes it's just nice, right? Just yeah. a little bit as a go little bit Dwayne as a Wade, fan. My stepmom went there. Big Marquette guy. Two of my favorite people on this planet. Dwayne Wade and my stepmom. Well, you know what? That's that's good. That, that's a good I short I also know list. she's watching tonight, and I yeah, want to get a Christmas present. Maybe, maybe some, maybe right some money. Yeah. yeah. You're sucking up. Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Locked on Steelers podcast jumps on with us again. And, uh, man, that total for tomorrow's game, Chris, is uh, that's we're sitting at 30. And I'm thinking of these offenses, especially what the, the Patriots bring to the table, or I guess you say don't bring to the table. And I'm thinking we got a really, really low-scoring game potentially tomorrow night. What's the, just what's the feel right now leading into this game with whether it's anybody covering the team, the fan base, just with the Steelers right now? What's the feel for tomorrow night? The feel is they better win this game because that's, <laughs> everyone felt everyone felt great after they beat the Bengals. The, the offense got 400 yards for the first time in three decades, and everyone was happy. And then they lose to a two and ten Cardinals team at home, embarrassingly. And even though Mitch Trubisky started, even though they're dealing with injuries at several other positions, there are no excuses for the Steelers to lose this game. Short week. Thursday night football against a Patriots team that hasn't beaten a team that scored 10 points or less in the past three weeks. This has to be a game they find a way to win. And I also think that there's been kind of a wake-up call to a lot of people uh, because, you know, some Steelers, there were certain Steelers, Deontay Johnson and Dan Moore uh, and Jalen Warren, they said, hey, maybe we took these guys a little lightly. And there were other Steelers that were like, well, we didn't in practice all week. And we, and we had to be ready. So that's, so the people who are saying that, it says something about them in, as individuals. I think the Steelers are kind of ramped up about this game. They're 4-0 and they're coming off all their previous losses this year. I think that the, the focus right now is you've got to deliver because they said, like, hey, the Cardinals didn't surprise us when anything. Every look that they gave them last week, they were prepared for it. If you look at the tape, the tape it says that. They got open receivers. They got, they got the, the, the right running situation. They got the, the defense was in position more often than not. They just failed in a lot of situations. They cannot afford to have that happen. 
Chris, I love uh, Najee, but I kind of want to free Jalen Warren. I want Jalen <laughs> Warren getting like 15 to 20 touches per game. I don't even have him on my fantasy team. I'm just a fan. But, you know, I was uh, scrolling through social media, and I'm not the biggest, like, headline guy, but I saw this headline today. Jalen Warren's comment after Steelers loss should put Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. You just kind of commented on that right there. I think that's crazy. I think Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the National Football League, especially when you look at this roster. What's your opinion on a, on a quote like that, a comment like that, you know, and just the job that Tomlin's doing with this team this season? Well, I think one of it, I think one, Jalen Warren's comment came immediately after the game. I think a lot of Steelers players were just frustrated because they're like, dang it, we knew, we knew we had to do it, we didn't do it. So they're just looking to say something. But when you talk to leaders on the team, like Cam Hayward, Pat Fryerman, TJ Watt, Alex Heisman, you know, we talked to Najee Harris, we talked to a lot of those guys. They're like, we didn't take these guys lightly. We practiced all week preparing for exactly what they wanted to do. We just stunk today, and we got to be better than that. And I think that that's where a lot of this is from. But I, I agree with you. There are a lot of people in Pittsburgh that, that have been ringing the Mike Tomlin bell for 10 years now because they don't like him for whatever reason. But I think that there's some people that are starting to catch, that are starting to lean into that because they're like, look, you haven't won a playoff game since the 2016 season when you beat, when you beat Andy Reid in, in Kansas City when he was coming off the bye. You haven't, you, you've been having a lot of nine-win seasons the last couple of years. We'd like to see something different. And I think that people hear that, but I think that people also have to recognize that this team, as it's been constructed the last three or four years, would not have gotten nine-plus wins in any of those seasons without Mike Tomlin coaching it. I think the Steelers know that. I think the Steelers players, the they're, they're, you know, the Maroons know that. And I think anyone who knows football knows that. So I, I don't think that Mike Tomlin's actually on a, on a hot seat. The only way he would get on a hot seat is if they absolutely collapsed down the stretch here because then there would be a question – does he have the locker room? And that's the thing that Mike Tomlin has had every single year. The reason he's never had a losing season is because even when stuff is hit the fan, they lost Ben Roethlisberger, they went down to their fourth-string undrafted rookie SDFs quarterback, Duck Hodges, who is a professional duck caller now. And he still <laughs> found a way to avoid a losing season. Then I, I think that's the thing that, you, that would have to happen if Mike Tomlin were to ever be on a hot seat. I, I also think the Steelers team, the way it's constructed, even with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, they can, they, if they bounce back and they handle their business, they can beat the teams that are in front of them. Uh, I, I don't think any of these teams are necessarily outmatched the Steelers in too many ways that's coming down the stretch here. Hey, Chris, we do got to shout out Duck Hodges, though. I don't know who Lainey Wilson is, but I guess she's a country music yeah, she's artist. she's a country singer. And that's his girl, and so just like, but he, he, he did well. <laughs> he did well there. But uh, I actually, so that was such a weird game against Arizona, man, where like, I forgot it was even going down because of all the weather delays. You know, yeah. I'm watching on Red Zone, and I'm like, what is what – is, oh, this is still going on? But, you know, the first play of the game, I like what I saw. I was like, okay, we got a new play caller. Matt Canada's gone. We're going to push the ball down the field. And then it was, like, you know, choppy because the delays and the injuries and whatnot. What do you want to see from the offense? What do you want to see more of coming up tomorrow night and just moving forward the rest of the way? Well, one, be more vertical with the passing attack. They started to do that early in the game, like you said, and it led to big, big yards. We're thinking, getting downfield, uh, you know, them, them moving the ball. And then that allowed to also set up the run because the run game was working. I mean, that's the other thing. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren ran very fine. They had over 130 yards, but they were taken out of the game, basically, because the offense, you know, stole, stalled, and the, the Cardinals built up, built up a lead, uh, a, 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 a double-digit lead, and that led to the problem. Uh, with being able to run the football, they kind of kind of lean on the pass, 
and they were terrible on third down. That has to change in this game. they got to be able to lean on the run game, and I think part of that is you've got to back this Patriots defense off. This is still a good Patriots defense. They're aggressive. They're physical. They, they want to box you up. They want to make you play their style of football. You can't lead into that. You've got to make them back off with a, with a couple vertical hits. Mitch is going to have to hit, get some one-on-one looks and take those shots, make sure they're calculated risks. And then once that happens, slow up the pace of the linebackers from the Patriots, and then you have you can start running the ball with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, a one-two punch that I truly think can be one of the more dangerous ones in the NFL if they execute right. So I think another big tone for the Steelers, the Steelers right now is the offensive line has to be better. They were not at their best last week against the Cardinals, some key missed blocks across the board, and uh, that's going to be something that they, they absolutely want to tune up. They had been on fire with over 150 rushing yards for four straight games, sitting just below that last week. They'll want to get that back up, and if they do that against a tough Patriots defense, I think it'll be a good tone setter for how the offense will play for the rest of the season. Now, Najee Harris is questionable for the game tomorrow night. Will they have that one-two punch together out there on the field? you think he plays? I think he does. I, 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 I noted that like, you know, he, was, he did not practice officially uh, you know, throughout this week, but we talked to him on Tuesday in the locker room, and I, you know, normally if a player's not going to play, they don't talk. Like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett didn't talk this week. Granted, he had surgery and everything, so he's a little bit dra- more drastic. But, you know, typically, typically if a player is injured, they don't have to talk to media. And Najee Harris has not been the biggest fan of Pittsburgh media of late for, for, for certain things. So uh, if, if he wasn't playing, I feel like he wouldn't be talking. I think that he will play. They might change up the pitch count a little bit. They might lean on, on Jalen Warren a little bit more. But I think that, he, that they'll both play, and that'll both be fine. But this is also a Patriots defense that's very physical, and with their physicality, it could you know, put a lot on Jalen Warren. He's a smaller back, and having to lean on him for more carries in this game you know, could be a question there. But I think that he's, he's a hard worker. I talked to the current Steelers offensive coordinator, Eddie Faulkner. He, is, uh, um, he, was, he was the running back coach before that. And a year ago when they drafted Jalen Warren, I talked to him in training camp. He said, Chris, Jalen Warren was our sixth best running back in the draft this past year. We, just, we, didn't, we, knew, we, we didn't think someone would draft him. And as soon as he wasn't, he was the first guy we called. And so now he's living up to that height. They're going to lean on those guys. I think they're going to control the pace of the game uh, if the offense does what it's supposed to be. Who uh, in the skill position room, you know, other than the running backs, I'm looking at some player props right now. Fryer Muth's receptions are two and a half, but it's juice minus 160. Who do you think has the best relationship with Mitch Trubisky? Uh, Nick and I, we have to watch this game tomorrow night, so we're trying to find some player props to target. Who would you look at as far as receivers? I'd say Pickens, because if you look back to some of the George Pickens catches he made as a rookie, they were some of his best catches were made while Mitch Trubisky was quarterbacking. And it, I don't think it's anything special, like they hang out or anything like that. But just Mitch Trubisky, I think that he knows when he when he has a one-on-one chance with him, he's like, I'm going to get that guy the football, and he makes some spectacular plays. Uh, but at the same time, I think Mitch is a solid veteran who, who's going to try to do his best to just read the defense and act from there. That's so – Pickens and Johnson are two factors here. But I really think this team wants to get the ball to Pat Fryermuth. It's got the ball moving against the Bengals. They've got the ball to Pat Fryermuth. He had a, a, a career high of 120 receiving yards against them. And that opened up the middle part of the field. That opened up the run game. I feel like if you're the Steelers and you're preparing for this week, you've got to find a way to get the ball to him. Granted, the Patriots' safety in the middle part of the defense, that's their strong point right now as far as coverage-wise. So that might be a question. Do you want to play into that strength and test them there? Or do you want to try to go outside where they're limited because they don't have Christian Gonzalez on the outside and they're hurting this corner? So it's going to be a tough question there. But if I was to pick one player for this game, I'd say George Pickens just because of the history he's had with Mr. Bisbee. 
Talking to Chris Carter, Bet MGM tonight. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the division here, and I mean, listen, the the Ravens are heavy favorites to win the division, but in the playoff picture in the AFC as a whole, I mean, we got the Browns sitting at seven and five in the sixth spot. We've got the Steelers at seven and five. They're in technically in the five spot there, and then even, I mean, as crazy as it may sound, the Bengals. If Jake Browning keeps playing the way that he did on Monday night, the Bengals may even have an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs here too. Wow. How many of these teams in the AFC North, when it's all said and done, do you think are actually playoff teams? I think that there's going to be, it's going to be the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Browns, they have done as best as they can to endure the things they've gone through this year, but I think that they're in for some rough ones now. This week, they might have caught a break with the whole Trevor Lawrence situation because going into that game, I was like, well, they're not beating that team with Joe Flacco at quarterback, but now with C.J. Bethard on the other side of the ball and Christian Kirk not playing, maybe you can see something there. The Browns' defense is also really good at home home and terrible on the road. So that might vote in their favor is the, is the fact that they're playing in Cleveland. So I think they might live for one more week, but I really think the Browns are on the verge of kind of just – you know, giving their last gasp here because they have tried very hard to, to uh, uh, you know, work through their injuries right now, and I think that they're due for that. I think the Bengals, that was a really impressive what they did uh, mon- Monday night. I'm not sure if that's going to be something they can replicate with Jake Browning. We'll see about that. Um, but they also have some really tough games down the stretch, as do the Ravens. Uh, you know, the Ravens, they, they get to play the Jaguars level. They have, also have the Niners and the Dolphins coming up, and that's gonna, those are going to be some really big tests for them in those weeks. And then they finish with the Steelers. And in my history of just watching that rivalry, no matter where the teams are, the Steelers can be great, the Ravens can be bad, the Ravens can be great, the Steelers can be mid, and those teams are going to come down to a single possession game every single time. So that game's going to be a coin flip, and the Ravens got to do it. I think this is, this is much more of a free fall, but I think because of all the traffic that is going on right now, the Jaguars and the Texans and the Colts all being hovering around those same records, I think they're only going to be able to get two AFC North teams in the playoffs if things continue at the pace that they are. Um, and that, that's why these next few weeks are going to be crucial. And that's also why I think Steelers have to win this one and next week on the road at the Indianapolis Colts. If they can afford to drop a game in the coming weeks, it's going to be the Colts, the, the uh, Seahawks game on the road uh, before the season finale against the Ravens. But they've got to win these next two especially uh, to, to keep building things forward. All right, Chris, I want to switch gears really quick because right now you're at West Virginia Coliseum. I have some money on yeah. Pitt tonight. Man, they opened as one-point dogs. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites right now on the road against West Virginia. Total's 138-and-a-half. Does Pitt get it done tonight? Do they win this game? I think they should. I think that the team right now, their offense, when they get going, they are tough to stop. I think the West Virginia has been having, having a hard time. They're averaging around like 63 points per game. They're having a hard time of getting their flow of offense going. Uh, we did see that a uh, which was uh, – uh, you know, announced to be able to be playing this game. He's been injured all season, so that's going to be a big boost for West Virginia's bench. Uh, but I, I look at this this game, and a big factor is going to be the guard. Can pit, this guard is going to get pressured in this game, and when they do, how do they counter that? They did well against Oregon State. They did not do as well uh, against that against uh, teams like Florida and Missouri. I think they did better against Clemson against that, but they still lost a very good Clemson team that just had Joe Girard going off. I don't think that West Virginia has the guns to keep up with it the way that uh, Clemson did last week with Gerard just going uh, ridiculous from the from deep. I think that this is a pit win. I'd give him eight points in this, in this matchup. Chris Carter, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Locked On Steelers podcast. Great to talk to you again, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, Mitchell Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. 
There you go. Makes me feel really good about Jordan Love. Like, I was talking about it today on yeah. the Curtin Long podcast. I was like, man, Jordan Love's a top 10 quarterback. And everybody's oh, like okay. shocked when oh, I say this. You? And I'm like, in today's NFL... Oh, well. This season. <laughs> With who's actually active like, I look playing. at Oh, yeah, man. Like, Jake Browning, uh, C.J. Beathard. Oh, like, Browning I think Jordan, pretty good. Jordan Love, the last three games, eight touchdowns, zero picks. He has been good. Against the Chiefs, three big-time throws, zero turnover-worthy plays. Oh. You know what? Sometimes I it just wrong. takes a guy. He needs some, needs some starts under his belt, and maybe that's all he needed. It's bad MGM tonight.